I'm hoping for a show of no controversy. I can't say that's going to happen. <laughs> this is Corey and this is the Oh The Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 371 of the Oh The Anthem podcast. Just as chock full of controversy <laughs> as you will like. We're coming to you from the hashtag OTALA studios. Hi, the what? Hi, la, la. <laughs> Hi above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Use take two. This is that <laughs> you can find us on all uh, available podcasts through anchor.fm forward slash oh the anthem. Uh, the best way to go find the podcast on whatever service you use to listen to it. Lucky for everyone, I expended all of my energy uh, and my voice apparently yelling at Corey in the pre show <laughs> meeting. So uh, I have saved you from all of that. But this is um, why I still do the podcast because it's an hour and a half where I don't get yelled at. <laughs> it's the time, all the other time that we're not doing the podcast that I get, Corey, you fucking idiot. Well, I don't say you idiot. <laughs> uh, I just. Your idiotic ideas. Yes. And <laughs> it, the problem is I lose faith in humanity because I think to myself, if an educated. Uh, a guy who has time to read and learn and and watch stories doesn't know this then what helped uh, then what chance does some poor not poor uh not poor money wise but like you know someone who lives in Dundalk or outside of Baltimore who has to deal with kids and work and all of that stuff what does she have what chance does she have if you don't know the truth. All I can do is try my best. I don't know what to tell you. I am not your uh, middle school Preacher. soccer coach, Corey. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that your best is good enough because, unfortunately, uh, it's not. Um, but it looks like uh, their best is going to be good enough for the state of Israel, who is once again punishing... I guess, uh, the people of Palestine uh, for uh, question mark. Uh, Here is how Israeli foreign policy works. They say, uh, bomb the shit out of very poor people who we control all aspects of their lives, Mm -hmm. question mark, peace. And I'm not sure how this math works out for them, but right now they're in the first part of the equation and they're going to figure out the second part later. Um, I mean, I think as long as the second part doesn't involve intervention, <laughs> then they're okay with it. I think. So you grew up with uh, you grew up with um, uh, siblings just like I did, yeah. And uh, you were the oldest of the siblings, mm-hmm. and I think until probably high school, you were also like the biggest of the siblings. When did Brendan like really kind of catch you in height? I mean, it wasn't that long. We're we're only a year and a half apart, so yeah. you know, like it, it was sometime in that year and a half probably oh really oh i mean like i mean like there there was a there was a i guess a a point at some point where i stopped yes and then and he, he kept you. going yeah so though yeah. he's not that much taller than me we've always had a relative size well so i had a uh, girl sibling which you do as well but you have a, a younger girl sibling yeah so i had that uh genetic thing where like the boys stop and the girls just like keep going but then they stop and yeah. then we Far surpassed him. I'm like a foot taller than my sister or something like that. So maybe not quite. Six inches taller <laughs> she, than my sister. She's a she's a tall lady. I was going to say, she's a, she is a tall girl. So uh, she's a basketball player. Yeah. Uh, now, like uh, your sister, uh, you are probably a f- maybe is eight, ten inches taller than her. Probably. Yeah, I feel like she's much shorter. She's much yeah. more like, uh, uh, 
I don't want to say normal because my sister is absolutely <laughs> normal. Just very tall. Uh, but nonetheless, so normal I had that, is a disparaging term, Rob. I had that experience where like sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. She just like caught me and then I stopped and yeah. she kept going for another two years. And I stopped for a good three years of just like looking up to her. Um, not metaphorically, only physically. <laughs> but my point being, when you were little, you had that, that, that time where you would just like beat up on your little siblings, mm-hmm. always with that like glance over the shoulder. Mom and dad coming? <laughs> just to make sure someone bigger than me didn't come to that's stop? That's exactly yeah. right. And, and I think that's what Israel's uh, foreign policy is. It's like, we're going to keep beating up on the little guy, but just with a like, U.S. over here? No? No? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, and uh, what we have right now is President Biden shouting, saying, saying Israel has a right to defend itself from across the room, uh, and Israel's looking over its shoulder, and uh, much like whatever that thought is, just stop it. No, there. I was going to say, much like my dad, uh, who the one time he saw me start the violence was because my sister called me a name, and she was just like, she started it, like so. <laughs> And it was a, it was much like Israel. It was not a proportional response. It was me like jumping over the back of the couch into her face and then like starting a fist fight. Like I'm on top of her hitting her and uh, not proportional. But he was like, "Eh, she started it. Don't start fights. You can't finish. But then eventually like came over and got me off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Well, we're not doing that last part. It's just like, well, I mean, listen, the kids threw rocks at tanks. What do you expect? Of course they're going to drop hellfire missiles on the AP office building. That's what you do. It's self-defense. I, uh, it, the problem with so much of conflict in the Middle East to most people who hear about it is I have no idea what's happening and (laughs) I, I don't have time to learn and it's been going on for so long. I couldn't possibly understand how, something from 700 years ago still ties into something that's happening today, but something that happened 30 years ago does not, you know, like says the Catholic. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Points. But I I think what uh, illuminated the minds of people this week is that uh, it, it didn't look like it was a fair fight at all between Israel and Palestine. And, uh when it become when it looks like you're you're uh going out of your way to inflict as much punishment as possible uh it it doesn't sit well with people and i mean you know i the kids who are dying on both sides it's just like fucking uh, you know i'm i'm sad and i'm disgusted and you know, I'm not trying to make a both sides issue of it. I'm just saying that the fact that <laughs> there are literally children on each side of this who are dying. Yes. Who had no, you know, like you don't wake up, you don't, you're not born into, uh, you know, hating Israel or Palestine. Like, you know, like, it, no, but nobody, nobody's born with hate. Like it's, it's, True. it's taught to people. It's like, trained into the Israeli children at a very young age. Uh, they actually take school classes out to write messages on the bombs that they drop on Gaza. So, yeah. Yeah, that's well, the I, thing they do. I, again, I get it. You don't... There needs to be a 
a period here where you know people cooled down a little bit that's that's the that's the obvious solution to me is that there needs to be that throughout many, throughout my life there has been many conflicts in the middle east between rival countries mm-hmm. and it goes on for a while and then you know like there's there's a moment where everyone sort of looks at each other and says there has to be a ceasefire there has to be a stalemate there has to be a time where we are not actively <laughs> trying to bomb each other mm-hmm. and let's at least you know for most of my life at least pantomime like we're trying to make peace whether or not there is peace probably will never happen but uh, uh the 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 temperature needs to be to be brought down i have an alternate plan <laughs> I don't like where this is going. <laughs> what Just if the we, fact that it's an alternate plan is already. What if we instead, uh, mm-hmm. because so everybody knows we give $3.8 billion in military aid to Israel. Uh, this breaks down to several million dollars a day in military aid. Um, if you're watching the news and you're seeing artillery being fired in Gaza or at the West Bank, the likelihood is that is an American artillery piece firing art- American made shells into uh, Palestine. Right. Uh, if you see a helicopter, it's likely an American helicopter firing American bullets or American rockets at Palestinian children. If you see a plane, it's likely an American plane dropping American bombs on Palestinian children. So my counter argument is, what if we, for every dollar and every bomb, every plane, every helicopter we give to Israel, we give one to Hamas, and we just say, instead of this bully beating up on the little guy, we just give them both the weapons and let them fight it out. No, that's a, that's a terrible idea. And I, I would I would argue that uh, I am fine with like because the the pretense of the giving weapons to Israel for this whole time has been going back to that old quote. Israel has a right to defend itself. Sure. Uh, From it children has, throwing rocks at tanks. Yeah. It has it has been very lopsided for a very long time. Uh, well, I'll remind you, though, the world was at relative, relative peace for 60 years when the Soviet Union had nukes and we had nukes. And there were these little conflicts here and there. Vietnam comes to mind, Afghanistan, but India um, and Pakistan, small conflicts. <laughs> but uh, India and Pakistan never blew up into a regional war because both sides had nukes. Now, Israel has nukes. And they have a lot of weapons provided by the U.S. Mm-hmm. What if we gave Hamas nukes and uh, some tanks and some guns? Now there's a, an equivalency. And maybe Israel's like, well, we could bomb Janine, but really the only thing that's there is the concentration camp that we built. So they could bomb Tel Aviv. And maybe we shouldn't do that. Uh, maybe we should just, now that they are equals to us, we should just uh, consider this two-state solution uh, thing. See how it works out. I, I'm not ready to <laughs> to go that far. You're, you're uh, it's it's like an uh, it's like the ideal of being leftist is all that it takes. <laughs> Sometimes. Just well, like, no, no, I, I'm not here to argue. I mean, like, that, uh, I, I just, I, I, I don't think the, I don't think the solution is, uh, if it continues like this, arming either side. Okay. Because I, I, you know, Israel has uh, done well for itself as a developed nation and has its own army and has people who gladly serve in it. Uh, 
a lot of Americans in that army and a lot of American arms make up that army. But I sure. mean, sure. I mean, if America get get away with Mexicans coming and fighting, <laughs> fighting in our wars for us, then we would. It would have happened. I don't want to ruin your your, uh, no, your I'm theory saying. there because there's a lot of Mexicans who fought in Iraq and Afghanistan under the pretense that they were going to be given citizenship after. Oh, yeah. And then got deported after yeah. they got out. Yeah. So, once Trump yeah. took office. Yeah, I we saw, do that. I saw That's a couple a, of them. It's a thing we did. Get deported at the airport. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, at the end of the day, you have to you have to say to yourself. Uh, what is the what is the right, most equitable, just way of getting to some sort of peace? And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to happen tomorrow. And it's not going to happen next week or next month or next year. It's going to take a long time if, if there was ever to be any kind of commitment to peace in the Middle East, especially between Israel and Palestine, because the stalemate is so mm. unbreakable. So, OK, break the stalemate. Third plan. Rather than arming Hamas, yeah, all the nations of the world arm Palestine. No, no, no. <laughs> um, we all just show up. Arm the non-Hamas Palestine. We all show up in Israel, in in the area of the world that used to be referred to as Palestine. Uh, there's a really nice valley there. It's called um, Armageddon, and uh, we go there and we just have it all out and. Uh, see if we can fill that place up with blood. Because listen, if you want peace, everlasting peace, Corey, now you know this, there's only one way. And that's when Jesus comes back. And the only way to get Jesus I don't back think that's going to... is to fill the blood up to the horse's bridle in the valley known as Armageddon. So I don't, I don't uh, think I that's like... going to work between those two nations. Oh, that's not just, just those my... two. Everybody. You, you, uh, Russia, United States, we can figure out our stuff. China and India can figure out our stuff. India and Pakistan can figure out their stuff. Just everybody bring your buddies in, and then we're just going to choose sides. We'll kind of like, maybe we'll make three or four sides, and uh, it'll be like uh, hungry, hungry hippos. We'll just into the middle and into the fray, and uh, we'll see who's left at the end. We'll do it the way they used to do it back in the day, just charging into a fray and filling that blood up in the valley, and then Jesus there, will come back. It'll be great. There's been enough blood. There, uh, I, I, I personally will never understand the the desire for warfare, and I, I just can't. You know, I, I, there's big issues on both sides. There's things that will be almost impossible to break, uh, and tensions will get high as they have in the past all these things will will remain true until somebody decides that they want to make an effort now you know there there the the worst part about any discussion about the middle east is that you can't you can't talk about it with the same thousand yard view you would a singular ravens game or something like that just because there's so much more that that would come into any conversation about you know where we've been and how we got here and stuff like that. Uh, aside from anything, just the position we're in right now, uh, you know, like you said, we we have the the 1979 peace accords between uh, with Carter and uh, Israel and Palestine that mm-hmm. acknowledges Israel's right to exist. Mm-hmm. So we have that. Let's. Let's try and work peacefully. And I hope that people on the ground will perhaps this will inspire people to look at it a different way and try and do better. Because 
you know, at, at the at the end of the day, the executive <laughs> branch of uh, Palestine has been a corrupt mess and hasn't even had an election since two decades ago, basically. Uh, Hamas has taken over a lot of political power within Palestine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netanyahu is just as cor- corrupt on the other side. You know, this isn't... The, I, I, I really try and look at these issues not not so much as you know who's right or who's wrong because there is no right and there is no wrong it's just continuous violence and continuous corruption and until people with purity of heart decide that they want to actually try and make things better there will not be and i know you're laughing because i'm trying to i'm speaking i'm speaking idealistically about the idea of one day there being peace in the middle east yeah and uh i understand how how stupid that can sound and i understand how infuriating that can sound to somebody who is on either the israeli or the palestinian side of this thing i'm saying you know like if we're going to continue as a human race together into the future it would behoove us to get rid of religion yes if we can find a way to not (laughs) to not kill each other so frequently yeah and, uh, and I, I, I think that I think that uh, it, at the end of every war, uh, there nobody feels like they got what they get. You know, like no, nobody feels good about it at the end. Even the victors don't feel like you know there there's loss. There's there's what we became on the other side. There's there's things that come with war that are far beyond just the the lives that are lost. Not in America, coming out of World War Two, coming out of Vietnam, which we lost. We thought we did awesome. So, yeah, but not everyone thought we did awesome. That's not, you know, just just because the Pentagon thought we did awesome doesn't World War Two. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Vietnam. No, no, I mean, Vietnam. Yes. But what about World War Two? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of. In the short term, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of we did really well here. Yeah, we we completed all our objectives we we didn't get in too early we got in when it was when we were brought into the conflict and we ended it uh if we're talking about it from a united states sure perspective uh you know i my grandfather was on the indianapolis saving people in pearl harbor i i don't (laughs) you know even though our our casualties in world war ii were not as overwhelming as they were for other countries or people who got invaded or occupied or anything that might have, you know, that went along with it, you know, the U S's impact wasn't as, as high, but I can still feel bad for the people in Pearl Harbor who died. I can still feel bad for the people who went to war, who actively went to help defend hypothetical for you, American interests without throughout the world. Hypothetical for you. Yeah. Uh, Your grandfather was on the Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, but he wasn't on the Indianapolis when it sank at Coral Sea. I'm sorry. He was the first boat to the Indianapolis. To the Indianapolis. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I misphrased that, but yes. Uh, and um, and nonetheless. So let's say that uh, World War II, we didn't, we never developed a nuclear weapon. Yeah. And we <clears throat> stalemated that war, which is what it would look like it was heading towards. And so uh, at some point, some Japanese soldier killed your grandfather in war. Yeah. And uh, I don't. Was your dad around before that? No. Right. So let's say that uh, your your grandfather came home on uh, leave, and dad 
was put into existence, and then he went back for year 15 of the war, or whatever we were in at that point, and uh, was killed. Yeah. And now dad grows up hating Japanese because they killed his father and took him away. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, of course, decides he's going to go do the same thing. He's going to go fight the Japanese. And while he's on leave, um, he meets a beautiful woman at a theater at home and, or uh, in New York and says, you know what, uh, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And he romances her and, uh, you know, uh, things happen and you're brought into being. And then he goes back overseas and he's killed. Yeah. By some Japanese guys. So now the Japanese have killed your grandfather and your father. They took your grandfather away from your father before he could even become a dad. Now they took in, taken your dad away from you mm-hmm. before he could be your dad. And you've grown up without a father mm-hmm. your whole life. And in fact, you had, you know, some uncles around. You had uh, some guys that, who stepped up to be father figures. But one by one, they were taken away to this war and some Japanese guy killed them. Yeah. What's the likelihood that you are also going to go kill some Japanese? 40 uh, years after the conflict starts. Yeah. I mean, I think that if there's an active yep. <clears throat> war still going on, active with Japan, war still going on. I mean, there there could be a there could be a high likelihood of it. I mean, we're uh, effectively what we're talking about there is either a nature versus nurture kind of thing because if I take uh if 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 I if it's me, mm-hmm. if it's the same person that I am here, just transplanted into this yep. alternate timeline, absolutely. Then, I I still will always try to choose peace, and I will always try and find. They killed your father. I understand. And your grandfather and uncles and every male who has ever meant anything to you in your life, and if they didn't kill him, that you know, uncle whoever has no leg and no arm because the, some shell took that off. And you got another guy who hangs around the neighborhood who's really nice to you, but on July 4th when the fireworks go off, he turns into a shriveling, sniveling child because he can't handle the fireworks. Yeah. The Japanese did that to everyone you've known in your entire life. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand how there is a there is a part of me that could conceivably go to war could be a soldier could fight that fight again mm-hmm. uh but the again the difference would be you know i know me on a baseline outside of the the realms of what what interacts with me that i would prefer not to go to war i would prefer not to to fight in war i would prefer not to kill and because <laughs> i have personal feelings about right how that is not the solution and but you, you transported into that timeline is the you that didn't have. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying this would be in in out of 100 timelines. This would be how I'm born every time, because yes. this is how I feel from a base level. You think I believe because you don't you didn't have your father killed by and your grandfather killed by Japanese. Right. I'm saying I think the the nurture part of this is the what kind of. What kind of talk is there about the japanese throughout my entire life what Ooh, what not kind good. of not good. oh i know and i'm saying if if the if the overwhelming the words that i won't use on this podcast right them. my grandfather <laughs> used those words the one line them. he won't cross <laughs> the the uh the the idea that we're we continue in this in this process of i go to kill because so many people harbor the mm-hmm. the past and i understand the 
you know, it in some in the past, quote unquote, in the situation we're talking about has far reaching implications that 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 specifically outline the stalemate between these two. Yeah. And the reason why there's an almost uh, like unpassable bridge here between, you know, where we are today and peace. But I, I am never going to give up on the idea of trying because to me personally, uh, you know, I could be in favor of Israel and not want innocent Palestinian people to die. Like, sure. I can. Like, I mean, I don't think that you can. No, but I understand the argument. I, I mean, like, if you support there, a fascist government, you cannot also uh, be supportive of the people to whom they are trying to exterminate. And and I mean, this is this is the to me uh, the one of the biggest problems that we've had uh, during my lifetime of conflicts between Israel and Palestine have all involved. The carrying of the grudge, the carrying of the what? I just again, hey, you and I are built different because there I would not exist in this timeline. If if I did exist, if first of all, uh, my my point being the whole point of this example was that in 1948 Israel became a country, immediately went to war against its neighbors, and then started imposing its will on the Palestinians. So. Uh, where essentially the same amount of time there have been generation after generation after generation of men killed by Israelis and then the son grows up and he's angry and he's killed by Israelis and his son grows up or his nephews grow up and they're angry and they're killed by Israelis and there is no 37-year-old version of me because at 8 or 10 or 15 or 20, I would have been killed by Israelis. And if I was lucky enough to make it to 37 the chances are that I would have had a child by now who would have been killed by Israelis. So the likelihood is I'm going to war against Israelis. And I don't understand how anyone cannot feel that. And say, as much as all of my strong feelings against police officers and how I feel about them, I've never taken a violent action against anyone. My nephew will be seen by most of the world as being a black man. And if, if some cop somewhere were to harm him, I will do things that will make law-abiding citizen look like an episode of Barney. I will go insane, and I will become the most violent person you will ever see. There is something bubbling within me that I actively keep down, and the idea of him being harmed or being placed in that situation where my dad has been killed and my son has been killed by the same group. If you can't put yourself in that mindset and being like, well, I have nothing left. So I'm going to strap a bunch of C4 to my body and walk into a group of soldiers and blow them up. Yeah. I understand that mentality mm-hmm. because if you have nothing left, I'm going to harm them as much as I can and escape this reality. <laughs> but we're I, different. No, I, I can, I, again, I can understand why somebody feels that way. And I can understand like, the the problem is that we we with the example of the cop there right mm-hmm. like at the end of the day if some if you were able to exact revenge in some sort of law abiding citizen way sure uh you would feel 
some sort of temporary feeling of justice. Like you've you've there's a tit for a tat. Okay. There's there's a retribution for a for a deed done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that won't make you whole inside. That won't oh. that won't take away. And this is what the, you, this is the difference between you and I. You expect that there is some expectation of feeling whole. It's not about that. It's about harming. It is but harming then, them but then as that, much or But then more. The, the son of the cop or the brother of the cop or oh, the well, wife I mean, of the cop or whoever. In this example, there is no <laughs> but, son, there is no yeah, daughter, nice. there is no wife, there's no brother, there's no mother, there's no nobody. He's just an orphaned cop no, no, adopted no, I, by the Baltimore Police will, Department. And his bloodline. I will find every living relative and harm them in the most unimaginable ways. But why? That would what, did, nightmares. what did any of them do? He killed my nephew. Yeah, but what did what did his son do to to impact that? I mean, that's, he shares his bloodline. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> See, this is the this is the problem. We have to we have to if we're going to think this way forever. Well, we're I going mean, to forever find ourselves in the same kind of conflict. The problem is that uh, also the harm is to him because he comes last. I take his son. I take his wife. I take his mother. I take his brother. I take everyone, and I want him to know it's that it's being done because of him. And then you take him last. Unless you can get them all at the same time. Like, you get them all and you knock them all out except for him. And then you tie them all to the couch and then burn the house down around them. So he's conscious and sees everyone dying around him. That would be really fucked up. But uh, that is exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about. I mean, you know, we when we started this whole conversation, I, I said I'm sad. I'm <laughs> sick. Like, that wouldn't change just because I know you in this situation. <laughs> like, if this, if this had happened... I would be sad. I would be sick. I would be very upset because at the end of the day, the problem you have is not with uh, this guy's family. Right. The problem you have is, in honesty, not even necessarily this guy. The system in which allowed him to 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 act like this. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. is what is that's, what created that's what comes that's next. the that's the nurture that I'm talking about. That's what comes when I next. when yeah. I'm talking about the nature of re-nurture thing. The claim more outside of the police station and uh, if you really want to to see four in the cars to try and find any possible path to peace, you have to just be willing to not like let things go, but you have to be willing to make peace with where we have been in the past to be able to find the future. Like there's no, there's no way to, to get to the, the better, the sun shining on the other side. You, th- it's, and that again, is the difference between us because I think that the only way peace comes is when they fear you and history shows us the only time peace comes is when they fear you as much as you or your people have feared them. That is the only time that we make peace, ever. We made peace in Vietnam because we were, the people at home were scared to send their sons to Vietnam and die. That was it. And when the government didn't have the support of the people anymore, we, you can't continue the war. So you have to erode the, the hearts and minds of the people so that they do not support whatever it is that you're fighting against. And once the support is gone, then the action stops. I mean, you're talking about eroding, you know, the the support and stuff like that. That you know, the the Vietnam War was never popular to begin with. It had more pot, or you know, had more Better support popular. at yes. the beginning, and then quickly faded. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, a, a much, uh, much the same as, you know, like, I, I, I don't think, I don't think there's anyone that's happy that there's conflict. Like, if you said, wave your magic wand and Israel and Palestine aren't in conflict anymore, I think everyone would 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 wave that wand. <laughs> like, yeah. everyone, this is in the best interest of everybody. Uh, the... I, I'm not I'm not the person to give you your solution. I'm not the person to say, like, here are the terms by which peace will be found. I am. That's what no, I'm saying. People should listen to me. The 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 peace will have to come from well-meaning people in Israel and Palestine. And we can't we can't even begin to think about that possible future until we elevate good-minded people of Israel about as long as Netanyahu and his corruption continue as long as the varied levels of corruption that exist throughout the Palestinian government continue the, and as long as the US continues to send weapons to fund one side of the war yes i i, I you know i i if we if they're going to if they're going to use the weapons we give them to to have a week like this then I'm not inclined to let them use our weapons anymore. And, you know, I, I'm uh, this. This is nothing to do. Israel will find a way to defend itself with weapons. It'll find a way. It'll it'll do it'll do what it has to and say it's a uh, it's a upper class country in terms of its wealth and ability to or they'll find out that they never needed to arm itself militarily. Or they'll it, find they didn't need self-defense to begin with. And you stop beating up on somebody. I mean, I, I I just think about all the times where, like, you know, like, I could just die in some sort of conflict that means nothing. Like, you know, you could be, I could, I could just be walking down the street and some guy who wants to take vengeance out on somebody else is firing shots inside of a, a dry cleaner or something like that. Yeah. One of the bullets just goes flying outside and it hits me in the head and I'm done. And you know, I, I, I meant, <laughs> I meant nothing but peace and here I am in death, you know, like I, I, I understand, uh, that for a lot of people, uh, peace doesn't come without death, but there, there, there needs to be an alternative way of, thinking about this because then the death just begets more death. That's the, I mean, I mean like, you know, if, if you, if you want to just chalk off the fact that a certain number of people are going to die over the idea of this conflict must continue forever. Mm-hmm. I, I guess you could do that, but I, I, I would be prefer, you know, like my preference is every day, let's try and keep people from dying for no good reason. You know, like let's find, a way to uh, more peacefully come to our to our options, and I, I, again, I know I sound like a beatnik, an yep. idiot. No, no, this is a beatnik. No, and I, somebody your dad would have made fun of in the seventies. No, and I, I, I'm sure. I, and again, I'm sure there's people who would listen to me and say that you know, like, well, you don't understand. Palestine did this. Oh, you don't understand. Israel did this. Like, you know, at at a certain point, like, you gotta. You ever? You ever? Uh, get to the point with like a couple i know it's an awful example but do you ever get to the point with a couple where they're just about to break up and they've had so much drama and i mean you've been there i'm usually the couple yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) 
But at a certain point, you get to the end and you start saying to yourself, like, do I even want to continue? Like, do I even want to try and make this work? And then you start having those conversations with yourself of like, man, I was I was ready to to end it all over this moment that now that I think about it a year and a half later, it was the stupidest fucking thing. Why did we fight over that? You know? And like no, at that no. moment, it no. was it was everything. It was the it, it it you couldn't move forward without it. Like we just need to. I know like sixty ways how to hide a body. I would never. We, have that we just need to have a little bit more empathy, a little bit more of a desire to actually do something, and that's why I think we you know there there needs to be serious talk of a ceasefire, and I think that. You know, if Biden wants to be wants to be considered a uh, a president who's trying to lead and trying to make things work, there's there's a there, there's a way that you can you can look for peace and be a be an ally of Israel at the same time. It's funny you mentioned that, Corey, because another story. Uh, by the way, Corey, uh, Corey said we're not going to do seven hours on Israel, and I got forty minutes for you guys. So there you go. Uh, but uh, another story that came out this week involves President Biden and the hypocrisy of the United States. <sighs> the person you see on screen here next to me is, of course, President Biden and the military junta leader of Myanmar. Uh, Myanmar, who is now under fresh sanctions from the United States because they are continuing their genocide of the Christian minority in that country. Mm -hmm. And again, this is hypocrisy because we continue to support the right of Israeli self-defense against uh, self-defense, which is in fact genocide against the Palestinians, but we're sanctioning Myanmar for doing the exact same thing. But Myanmar is a Muslim majority against a Christian minority and, uh, and in some part also a different Muslim minority. And Israel is a Jewish majority against a Muslim minority. So different, completely different. Not the same thing at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm for, I'm for eliminating, eliminating this in whatever way, it it makes sense. Uh, the politics of Israel is what is what changes, you know, all of this. Like, you know, and I I'm not saying that. Uh, there just need there just needs to be. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe yeah, it. Yeah, Corey, I'm feeling uh I'm feeling a little stressed. Yeah. And I feel like uh you and I need to relax a little bit. So let's roll a J. Let's go on down to the Gold Coast and uh you know, Mississippi just they legalized weed, so I feel like it'll be a nice little vacation for us. COVID's over, we can go do that. Yeah, so about that. Uh the medical marijuana uh bill that had or the uh the vote that had just uh, passed in Mississippi, uh, what, what are we calling that? Like a, it was a proposition, I think. It wasn't well, like so an they amendment. don't call it, but in California we call it a proposition. Yeah. So let's just call it a proposition for our sake. That's right. what it is. It's a, yeah. a bill started by the people and put on the ballot. A right. ballot measure is what ballot it, measure. Ballot maybe, measure yeah. is what they call it. I think. Yeah. So there was a ballot measure in Mississippi during the most recent election uh, as to whether or not to. Uh, make medical marijuana legal in the state of Mississippi. Failed uh, miserably because it's all they're, they're Christian. They don't want that. In fact, didn't it succeeded wonderfully uh, somewhere in the area of 75%. I can't remember exactly. It was Ooh. 73, 74, something like that. That's a majority. Uh, 
Yeah, it's a it's a good majority. That's that's enough to get almost anything to pass almost anywhere, even with the two thirds. Some that's, some ballot measures require like two thirds and stuff yeah. like that. So that even passes that that uh, hypothetical. And that's almost as many people as who support the right to abortion in some way, shape or form in this country. But we'll get, we'll get to that. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but the Mississippi Supreme Court ruled this past week that uh, it wasn't valid <laughs> and <laughs> that it will not go forward. Oh, uh, just wait, folks. Just wait. <laughs> because written into Mississippi's constitution, uh, they argued that there needed to be a vote from all five congressional districts of Mississippi. That seems legit, Corey. Not, in order I'm, to, in order for any ballot initiative to pass, a ballot measure needs to be voted. Seventy-four percent is not impressive if you don't have all of the people voting on it. So right. I, I, get I that. mean, if one, if one congressional district doesn't vote for it, I, yeah. I don't see how you could how keep is continue it going at all. Right. So uh, the funny thing about that <laughs> is that Mississippi now has four congressional seats <laughs> instead of five, and rather than saying. Well, they got to vote in all four congressional districts. So therefore, the will of this law is uh, is good and we should go forward with it. They ruled that uh, this law should not uh, become enacted because, sorry, it didn't reach the five congressional vote uh, or <laughs> district threshold that we have in our Constitution. And therefore, we must uh, say goodbye to mar- medical marijuana, uh, to which a lot of people said, uh, what about all the other ballot measures that have passed and haven't been called on this kind of thing? And Mississippi's like, shh, shh, shh. it's gone now. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> all those people sobering up without <laughs> having marijuana were like, wait, wait, wait. This has happened a lot. I don't understand. <laughs> Sir, I don't know if you know this, but you're harshing my buzz. <laughs> um, Corey, I'm going to give you one guess at the uh, racial and gender makeup of the Mississippi Supreme Court. <laughs> have you looked it up? I have, yes. I'm going to... Uh, how many members do we know? Uh, seven. Seven? Yes. So I'm going to imagine seven white men. Okay. Or maybe six white men and one white woman. There or? you go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't now, know I didn't know if they had uh if they had managed the because perhaps the perhaps they had a woman and yes. then she died, like a la Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and then they replaced her with a to be fair, I didn't look up the actual makeup. I just found pictures. So there <laughs> so is a did. chance that there are several white women who just look like old white men. I can't say for sure, but there was one who was clearly a white woman and the rest were white men. And, and they're all white and they're yeah. all old and it ain't California. They're not the ones who are voting for marijuana. So sorry about your luck. That's the it's kind funny. of thing where I, you come I, to the decision <laughs> and then it's like, all right, folks, let's do some research and figure out how we can make this not happen. You know, it's funny. I was I was just trying to come up with a joke about like maybe we should send AOC down there, like just give her <laughs> just to get her to try and become a Supreme Court justice in Mississippi. And then in my mind, I kept saying like, you know, like, oh, let's just get her an apartment in Tuscaloosa. And I'm like, wait a minute, no, that's Alabama. Well, Talladega, no, that's Alabama too. Birmingham, again, Alabama. Your state is less important than Alabama, which is basically the least important state we have. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like this. It's amazing sometimes. Uh, like this, this happened, and just like people who 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 say the Constitution is everything, and we, it's just like, well, I don't like this personal one that they decided to figure out a way around so 
my constitution doesn't work for me at this point. But also, when, I, I would just like to say, uh, have you not read about Freedom Summer? Do not send AOC <laughs> to Mississippi. She will never make it back to New York. Had to had to have some protection to. <laughs> Well, I, I, I listen, a bunch of people went down the Freedom Freedom Summer and had a lot of protection, and three guys ended up in a marsh. So one of them was a priest. They, yeah, so don't maybe care. not. They don't yeah. care. Don't, don't try to do equal rights down there. That's uh, not how it works. And uh, I guess kind of related, but unrelated at the same time. Uh, <laughs> still Mississippi. Still Mississippi. Still horrible. So, uh... I know a lot of people who've said the last year has basically been or the hey season seven of Black Mirror was amazing. Instead of showing it to us on Netflix, they actually had us live through it. Isn't that crazy? Uh, and I'm trying to do, I was trying to figure out is this the next season of Handmaid's Tale or is it the next season of 1984 slash Brave New World? Um, and it could be either because a yet another fun law that has come out of Mississippi uh, is the 15 week. Uh, abortion law, which said that 15 weeks is the line, no matter what, in all cases, if you didn't know you were pregnant and you were pregnant by way of rape or incest, does not matter. Jesus wants you to have that baby. Take it to term. Now, Jesus didn't feel the same way about Dick Cheney's heart, which he replaced three times and is still alive, I think. Is he still alive? I mean, he's- I think so. Either that or he's frozen somewhere like... Uh, he was on Fox News during the election, wasn't he? Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so he's still alive uh, on his third heart um, of various designs. I think the current one's man-made. He doesn't have a pulse. It just uh, whooshes uh, blood <laughs> to his body. It's like an electric vehicle engine. Yes, uh, that's exactly what it is. Um, but So uh, this fun law out of uh, Mississippi uh, essentially says there is no excuse. Um now, Roe versus Wade held that the another first- like Googling Dick Cheney alive question mark <laughs> all the way. By the way, probably popped up because it searched a lot. People aren't sure. But uh, so this law, uh, Roe versus Wade said uh, 22 weeks is viability and there are 26 weeks is viability. Yeah, Living vice presidents. Uh, Mike Pence, yes. Dick Cheney, Al Gore. Surprising. Dan Quayle didn't run himself off a road or anything like yeah. that. The whole potato nonsense. And also, um, I could do without two of those. <laughs> How funny is it that we have we have Trump like writing like fucking angry blog posts about how uh, the Oscars need a host? Yeah. And at the same time, Dan Quayle is like looking at a wall because he misspelled potato <laughs> once in front of school children. Like the the the, the lunacy of this country is oh, beyond appro- reproach. <laughs> or the fact that uh, Al Gore won an election but gave up the. Uh, fight for that same election yeah uh and trump lost an election and will not give up the fight (laughs) for that election but yeah uh so uh 26 weeks is viability under roe versus wade now that has changed somewhat and and viability today is something between 22 and 24 weeks but we basically live by the 26 week rule mississippi law is 15 weeks which is uh brain activity heart activity and movement um Mm -hmm. so uh yeah. So essentially, uh, they did this law as a challenge to Roe versus Wade. The court, the lower court in uh, the federal district, not, not, not in the Mississippi, Mississippi State yeah. Court, the federal district court said it is the plain. chief justice in a barrel with suspenders <laughs> just walks out and he's just like, I see no reason to overturn this law. The uh, federal district court judge essentially said, 
I'm looking at the Chief notes. Justice, your your son just got arrested for pot. What about that law? Can we can we can we get it back? He doesn't need that. He, <laughs> he knows the fine. sheriff. He's he fine. fine. Yeah. He he's also white in Mississippi. <laughs> Jury trial. Anyway, uh, essentially the the district court judge said, "I'm looking at the notes from you passing this law. It's clear that you are making this law knowing it's illegal facially because you want to challenge Roe versus Wade, and this should not be allowed to stand." So, of course, the Supreme Court of the United States said, yeah, we'll hear it. Now, my hope is that the we don't know who voted to hear it. If it was Alito and Roberts, it may be that there is going to be a vote of like, don't do this. We, yeah. This is the one and only one we are going to hear that is illegitimate on its face. And the challenge is only to precedent. And we're going to stick with precedent. So don't waste our time because we're not going to hear any of these anymore. Um. That would be nice. The likelihood is it's uh, Thomas and Coney Barrett saying like, we think it's time to look into this Roe versus Wade situation and um, women are going to lose reproductive rights. Well, I mean, like on on the face, you feel like there's there's four votes for like to overturn. I I think there's three votes to overturn. And I think there's several in the middle who have to ask themselves, do we give credence to a law that was clearly passed just to challenge a previous Supreme Court precedent. I mean, like we have, we have Thomas. Yeah. We have Coney Barrett who theoretically will be on the side of overturning. Yeah. yeah. Has been for, has been vocally, <laughs> vocally trying to get it for all her career. Yes. Uh, Kavanaugh. Yeah. In a similar regard. Uh, and, and then, and then the, the question is really paid for an abortion in his life. Like high, right? Like seventies. 80. He knocked up some girl and paid for an abortion, but he's anti-abortion. Anyway, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, <laughs> who can really say? There's a, there's a lot we didn't get to learn about Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> he likes beer. <laughs> um, and you know, I I think a lot of people just sort of assume Gorsuch, even yeah. though of the three that Trump nominated, he seems to be the least uh down that road i guess we should say and he has in previous cases said that he sided with the the liberals only because this is facially a challenge to precedent and i'm not going to participate in that so i don't agree with them but i side with them separately on the issue of the precedent has been set and we are not here to overturn it unless there is a legitimate reason to challenge precedent not just Give us another do a new decision. Yeah, same I mean, for Roberts and Ali and Alito in in ways. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Roberts to actually do. We'll see. I mean, it, it's uh, you think that the peacemakers in Israel and Palestine are just going to stand up and make peace, but you don't have faith that Roberts will <laughs> abide by his previous decisions. Of I'm going to stay in the middle, and no, we we don't. We're not going to turn president. Well, again, because I mean, like you know. Th- the abortion issue is uh, something that it's, hard. it's harder than peace in the Middle East. No, I'm I'm saying that the 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 similarity, I guess, at the very least, is that no matter what side you're on, you have a you have a vehement reason for why you're on that side. Uh, if you are if you are pro life, uh, no abortion, no matter what time or how viable the the fetus may be is uh 
a live being that is being killed. You're so, also very wrong, but yeah, no, ahead, but I'm sorry. saying in the mind of, of people who, who yeah, they're are, crazy. Yes. Crazy, no, but I'm, crazy they're, they're allowed to have that opinion. They think that a man in the sky talks to them and guides their life. I, again, <laughs> they're a, a perfectly constitutionally protected, uh, right to believe that. So, I, and I, I stand by a statement I made earlier today. It should be easier to 5150 people. Honestly, like, <laughs> If I come in, if I come in and you make some argument to me in a political space that is based in the Bible, I'm like, officer, fifty one fifty, please, just take them away. Uh, the point I'm making is the, uh, the the argument I could see being what overta- overturns the precedent is that uh, maybe some sort of line about the uh, original precedent and the the time being sort of an arbitrary date or an arbitrary amount of time and that compelling evidence of brain activity and heart activity and blah, blah, blah has forced us to make this the new, the new line, because if we're going to, you know, separate between viability and non-viability, then the argument of moving it up would just simply be going with what, uh, is, being determined by better information that has come since Roe had passed. I'm not trying to say that. No, no. I listen. I, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just looking at it from the the the, when, the breakdown of how this will probably happen. Is I yes. imagine they're they're not going to say this is deliberately trying to torpedo no. Roe. They're going to say that uh, you know, like, well, this was an arbitrary date. That we we all have rights to yeah to make determinations as to when this moment of viability is Roe had been the unofficial guidepost for, uh, we're going to move the guidepost. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we have more information now. And that is when I will bring my lawsuit because they have found teeth and gray matter and heart muscle in malignant melanomas in the liver and the stomach, uh, pancreas. So I think if your cancer cells have brain tissue and heart tissue in them and teeth, that is almost a viable fetus. That is as much of a viable fetus as a fucking fetus at 10 weeks. So you should be forced to keep your melanoma, your malignant melanoma. Okay. And, uh, well, <laughs> carry it to term. I mean, I, I don't see who you're suing exactly, but... I'll find somebody. You'll find somebody with the with the hairy, hairy tumor that you're going to... Well, no, because remember, uh, one of the other precedents of the Supreme Court is capable of repetition but evading review. So all you have to do is find somebody who died and or had their melanoma cut out and they found that. And then you sue them and you say, well, yes, it doesn't affect this person, but it's capable of repetition and will escape review because they'll either have the surgery before we can get the Supreme Court or they'll die before yeah. they reach the Supreme Court. So we need to have this issue heard and then we'll have to figure out what the difference between two groups of cancerous cells that have brain matter and heart tissue are. Sadly, I feel like... Uh I feel like there won't be a groundswell of uh, donor support to help you get probably get this not. I wonder the if line. the ACLU will get behind me. <laughs> well, they support Nazis. They won't support that. Come on. Ah. Anyway, I, uh, I love that the ACLU, in their in their desire to to find the line on every issue, just upsets everyone. Yes. They're they're the constant. I'm okay with that though. That's I, my I, I do I, I do too. Because like, <laughs> you know, like like deep down. I don't want Nazis around, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean, constitutionally, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> like they're allowed to say awful things. I can't, 
I like, and why do I necessarily want to start making limits on speech? Because that's just going to accelerate limits on speech. The first law, but at first the same law, time, first law of the book of Omar. Indeed. No. What's the first law of the book of Omar? I don't know. Man's got to have a code. Oh, well, yes. And the ACLU <laughs> says, we defend everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um, defend my cancer's right to survive. <laughs> anyway. Uh, moving on to other legal issues. Yes, in the world. Uh, I had forgotten about this next one. So why don't you go ahead and take that one, too? So, uh... I don't Ga- have a picture. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Matt Gates, a uh, congressman from Florida, uh, perhaps you've heard, is uh, tied up in a little bit of uh, trouble over you, the idea that he might have slept with underage women. You may remember and the paid uh, for it. You may remember the bobble-headed looking gentleman from a few years ago. <laughs> um, well, s- what what exactly is his name? I, I don't want to get this wrong. Oh, the associate. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't even look that up. It's I, Seth something. Yeah. It's the guy we were talking about the last Why week. Why is it saying Seth Myers? <laughs> no, that's not what I want. Oh, probably because Seth Myers talked about Matt Gates. Listen, uh, I don't want to say it's not Seth Myers either. We don't know for sure. It might be Seth Myers. <laughs> Until we know for sure. I'm just going to type in Matt Gates wingman. <laughs> and that will give us the name, I'm sure. Doing yes. That, doing that live. One hour. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? I thought I remembered the name and I didn't. Joel Greenberg. There you go. Uh, Joel Greenberg uh, has agreed to cooperate with the feds uh, into a sex trafficking ring that he was a part of with a congressman, Matt Gates. Bad news. Uh, There has been other talk about other Florida politicos being uh, tied into this because uh, he was uh, like a election. He's the connect. He's the connect. He he had a he had a political office that that means a lot in Florida, but doesn't actually mean a lot. <laughs> like so. Yeah. It's like uh, back when the, the, in LA, when the person who was in charge of the water and power was the most powerful yes. man in town. Like, or a, uh, <laughs> uh, God damn, the highway guy. The highway guy was powerful. <laughs> but wait, so listen, Gore, it, Matt Gates though. Yeah. He, he might be fine because the only thing they have is the word of this guy. Yeah. What he might have done. Well, and, like, you know, Matt Gates was sending him Venmo transactions that he would send over later to the girls. But when Matt Gates was paying for it, it was, you know, pizza and school and tuition and stuff like that. Like, you know, All nothing that's illegal to pay All for. And it's uh, not as if he had made friends with any other felons, convicted felons. Well, so this is the part that's kind of funny, uh, at least for me. Uh, uh, real quick, Rob, just as a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, if somebody walked into your office when you were a lawyer, right? Yes. yes. And said, I need legal representation. Yes. It's like, this is how it always starts. Uh, and then he said, do you want me to tell you if I did it or not? What is your answer? I would say yes. You would want to know. Yes. You wouldn't um, want to, you wouldn't want to be in the, in the weeds about it if you're trying to defend him. Yeah. No, I, I mean, my policy was always like, I don't care if you're guilty or innocent, but I need to know because you know, that depends on how I try this case. Yeah. Also, like what I, I, look I mean, for. the worst thing is to get caught off guard with some evidence that neither of us expected of your guilt when you are guilty. And I thought you were innocent the whole time. That's let me say, uh, what if the guy said, what do you want me to just write it down? 
Uh, there's no need to bring pen and paper <laughs> into this. Um, why don't we just talk, and uh, I will take notes. Is it perhaps because writing down all your crimes would be a bad idea? Yes, it would be. Abs- uh, now, you writing them down. Yeah. Very bad idea. Allowing somebody else to write them down, also bad, unless that person is protected by. Yes. Because now it's work product, and I don't have to ever turn that over. Yeah. Because I'm your attorney. Yeah. yeah. So when you write this dude guilty on the first line. Yeah. Nobody ever sees that. Nobody ever sees that. (laughs) Except when the state's attorney comes to talk to me, and I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, you guys can't see that. I'm covering up something on my. Yeah. (laughs) Does that say this dude guilty? Nope. Nope. (laughs) No, I'm, it says not I'm writing. Guilty. I'm writing a song, <laughs> and I just I can't get the rhyme structure right yet. <laughs> I do parodies. Are you aware? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, apparently, Matt Gates, when he was fishing for a pardon from Trump, uh, got in touch with Roger Stone, convicted felon. Him and Joel Greenberg uh, decided to write down all the crimes that they would like to have a pardon for, uh, and turn it over to <laughs> Roger Stone. The most trustworthy individual on the face of the earth. Now, wait, that's not fair because he was looking at jail time and he didn't rat anybody out. So he might be the most trustworthy person. But but once you've been convicted of a felony, you are then required to comply with law enforcement. And although he had a he got a commutation, not a pardon. Right. Or did he get a pardon? I think he got a pardon. Because I, I think he hadn't been sentenced yet, right? I, see, I, I know some of them got commutation, some of them got yeah. pardons. I thought he had been sentenced. Like, and Flynn then, was a commutation, I think. Yes. And Manafort was a commutation. Yeah. They were both in prison. So, but you don't have to go to prison because you can just be... Oh, no, Flynn didn't go to prison yet. He was, he had, like, a long sentencing... Yes. For a... But, so you can... Nonetheless... Uh, when you are made a part of the criminal justice system, it's basically like we will come after you for anything. Yeah. Don't hide evidence from us. And if the FBI was to learn that he had, I don't know, a sheet of paper with a list of crimes on it, that's going to be on the list. That's yeah. going to be on the list of things you're going to have to produce. So uh, also, even with a uh, pardon or a commutation, uh, sometimes it, depending on what the details are, you might have to do your probation period. You might have to do like, the actions of a parolee for a while, which means that like you're showing up somewhere and he's like, Hey, uh, next time bring that sheet of paper. And if you don't, uh, it's a violation. So don't, right. don't yeah. forget it. So, so yeah, <laughs> we'll follow this one more as it, as it continues. Uh, I think we said this last time and I will continue it this time. Things aren't looking good for Matt Gates. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, I feel like we heard a story this week of somebody who things were looking good for. I mean, to a degree, in the sense that they're getting another trial. Uh, the bad news, of course, is they're, this is the sixth time for Keith Davis Jr. In but Baltimore. Yeah, listen, a little uh, Baltimore corner, a little a little straight dope for you. Oh wait, wait, oh, oh you don't have to. That's all right. Yeah, it didn't uh, require it the, the whole news thing. Section. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the problem is, you fucked around and committed a crime in a place where Marilyn Mosby is the state's attorney, yeah. and uh, she doesn't give up. You can take away all of her whoa, evidence. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, she gave up in the Baltimore Six trial. She doesn't give up on anyone but cops, all right? And uh, you could take <laughs> the away. The Baltimore Police Department said, here's the investigation of our own officers. And she's like, Thanks. I'll use this verbatim in court. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, meanwhile, uh, Keith Davis, they have eliminated <laughs> any video Excuse evidence. Excuse me, Marilyn. Don't you think you want to investigate a little bit on your own? 
No, I'm sure it's all right here in the yeah, stack. Like, why fine. would I? <laughs> I've met with the cop who is certainly not dirty and <laughs> the cop who investigated this. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but so uh, Keith Davis, they have eliminated all video evidence except the video that may exonerate him or at least facially seems to exonerate him. Uh, primary witness. No good anymore. Yeah. Uh, cops who did the investigation and or were involved in any way. No good anymore. Pretty much all gone because they all were involved in the Brady violation of not including video evidence yes. that might exonerate him. Uh, a witness was found who does not, did not describe the weapon that they found near near him, but not in, on him at all. Again, the most the, the sad for Keith Davis. Yeah, but most unbelievable turn of this whole thing for. Uh, progressive prosecutor Marilyn Mosby is that the only crime that he was found guilty of was the gun. Yes. Which was located near him. Not on him. Not on him. But shots were fired at the police, uh, allegedly. Right. May have been cops firing at each other. We yeah. can't say for sure, but. It's been, it's been reported that it could possibly just be two rounds of cops firing at each other, <laughs> yes. but, uh, you know that's not that's not good enough. And for, um, <laughs> the the gun on top of the fridge certainly could not have been a drop gun that Baltimore police never carried with them. I mean, absolutely none of this sounds like reasonable doubt to me. Yes, I you know I, I'm a I'm a distinguished legal mind and I have a a fine sense of what is and what is not reasonable doubt. Um, I hope Keith Davis Jr. gets out, and I hope he sues the city of Baltimore for an ungodly sum. Uh, like we we know and, how much you get for more, one trial. How much and do you more get than, for six trials? And more than anything, I really I really do hope that uh, that he continues to find himself in not good health because he's not in good health at this moment. He still has a bullet in him. I don't know if people know that, uh, but I hope that he finds himself uh, free and allowed to survive at the end of this whole thing, so that he can. Uh, find a significant payday from. <laughs> so here's the fucked up thing. Um, the trial. Oh, pre- this is the. Fu- well, <laughs> of all, it's Paul all. Paul, have a seat, children. Up. The fucked up part's coming. The more fucked up thing <laughs> is that uh, he barely survived trial prep and trial last time. He had a medical incident right before sentencing. Yeah. Or right before the uh, the jury came back the last time. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much Marilyn Mosby's like. I could put this dude in the grave. I could put him in the grave. I'll oh, I, I, I think that's the, I think that like, uh, sadistically, I think that's the hope. Rather, he'll, he'll die innocent, but he'll die. And we'll, he'll God. die in prison. That's, yeah. that's the, you know, like your, your hope for any criminal who commits a serious crime like this, who, who gets years that would line up with, you know, like, uh, fucking, uh, Bernie Madoff. Died in prison. Yep. But he also got 150 years. So the hope was he was going to die in prison. The hope wasn't he wasn't going to make it to 230 well, I mean, or whatever. Keith Davis got 150 years too. Yeah. Oh, wait. No. No. He got uh, six years. Yeah, but then the probation violation of him being near a gun. Oh, that's Which is right. what he yes. got because yeah. they found him guilty of that one gun charge is the is the undoing of it all. Was that the first trial? No, that was the second trial. That was the second trial because yeah. they brought that into the second trial, right? Because they um, or no, they, that was the third trial. God, it's so fucking yeah. It's the third trial because he got he got hung jury, and then the second one was just the one, just the one charge, just for the gun. Yeah, 
And then they in the third trial they brought in the uh, all the stuff that has to do with him violating parole. So I think. just keep in mind, uh, he's been in jail this whole time. So yeah. they convinced a judge convinced a judge for remand. <laughs> they were trying between to- trials on appeal. There were a lot of criminals uh, who got out of prison for a while during COVID. Yeah, uh, not the guy with the bullet. In not his the neck. guy with the bullet in his neck, but yeah. you know everyone else. So danger to the community, Corey. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Apparently, the guy who who has trouble breathing is a danger to the community. Yeah, I. Uh, I again, the the fucked up thing about this is if he <laughs> another fucked up thing about this of the many fucked up things if he had taken the deal that they offered him first. He would be out of jail now. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, what? they offered him like 13 years. You do half of that, three quarters of that and get out on parole. Yeah. He's been in jail for like 20 years, pushing 20 years now. Oh, right? it's like not 2000, that long. No, no. 2004, 2005, right? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I felt like it was that much. No, it, it. I mean, it was Marilyn Mosby the whole time. So it's been, it feels like it's been so long. Yeah. But I mean, what, 2009, 10? 2015. Really? Yeah. Well, but I mean, still again. So it's so, like an annual event to have the trial of Keith Davis Jr. So, but 2015, right? So uh, he gets 13 years. He agrees to 13 years. Yeah. He probably serves half of that, like six. He's very near the end when COVID hits at five years. And they're like, okay, well, yeah. we'll let him out. So he would be out. If nothing else, probably assuming good COVID. behavior and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, he's in a chair, so I yeah. would assume good behavior. Um, yeah. He would be out for all intents and purposes by now. Uh, but now he's going to go back to another trial where, again, she's going to try to put him in the ground instead of putting him in jail because that she can't put him in jail. There's no evidence unless um, you get, you know, 12 white people who are just like, I mean, clearly he did it. Look at his skin tone. I just feel like we're going to one day people are going to come to us and just be like, how the fuck did Marilyn Mosby hang on for so long? And we're just going to be like, dude, I don't know. It was just like she she survived everything and did terrible job <laughs> throughout the entire like it's not like it's not like she did a really bang up job prosecuting all the cops who killed Freddie Gray. Like it was like she I'll remind you, Sheila Dixon nearly won the mayorship back. Oh, I know. I yeah, I know. I get trial. it. I, you know, like, and Catherine Pugh beat her. Yeah. While she was defrauding the city. So, you know, <laughs> but people didn't know that at the time. They just assumed <laughs> there was foul play involved. I, assumed, <laughs> I don't know if everybody did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brandon Scott is uh, probably the first good guy mayor we've had. And I don't feel like he can get anything done or, you know, I, I haven't heard of any like major changes. I so. mean, I, I have I have faith that. Uh, Scott is capable of doing things. I just don't know if he's the, uh, like he might have the ideas, but he doesn't have the means by which to communicate it. Like, well, no, you and I came to the to the realization too that Baltimore's under a consent decree now, so there are no major changes you can make with the police department. Yeah, like, I mean, you got to get those approved. So yeah. money's still got to go to the cops. They get their budgets. You can cut overtime theoretically, but like you know, not really. Yeah, and I mean it, that kind of thing is like, you know, they're they're not going to work their regular shift. They're yeah. only going to work the overtime. Yeah. So, you know, like all these cops who don't know how to work a regular shift are going to be confused when they show up at eight a.m. and go like, "Wait, this place is open this early?" I, didn't I realize. <laughs> that. I thought okay. it was only I thought it was only open this early for people who were working all night getting the overtime. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who's in the police station at 8 a.m.? <laughs> well, the guys that started at 8 p.m. Yeah. they're carrying over to overtime, right? Like The guys whose regular shift ended at 4 o'clock, and they decided to work overtime until 8 the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and on but not work the regular time. Right. Just say they did, which is an important part of yeah, they show up at uh, getting all the overtime you can. Show you up don't, at two or three. You don't waste working hour. You don't waste your working ability on the regular time. You no. just wait until it's time and a half, and then show up at two or three, get the rest, <laughs> and that'll lock you in until nine, ten o'clock in the morning, and then yeah. all that overtime. So you know, and then have to chase down leads regarding your arrest. You know, you can, you could find a way to, to make this last forever. If you wanted to, the evidence may spoil. You don't understand it. We got to go out right now and chase down these leads for our 3% conviction rate. Uh, yeah, I heard Pookie's on the corner. I got to go right now. There's 19 guys in this city named Pookie. <laughs> Who are you talking about? There's 19 guys on that corner named Pookie. <laughs> By the way, uh, right. I love a Baltimore accent. I don't know if I said that before, but uh, I I rediscovered the um, uh, Aaron Irons, his iron with iron or whatever, <laughs> and the guy being like, yo, we talk like that? <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, anyway. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna uh, let's uh no no time for any more Baltimore news. So you're gonna have to wait next week until we get Cicada talk. Oh yes, uh, and they'll <laughs> be around, so it's fine. Uh, they'll we be got time. worse than ever next week. Uh, but so uh, of course I'm gonna be right home when the cicadas hit. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, by the way, uh, you are going home next week, right? Yes, end of next this, week. Oh, the end of next week. Yeah, so yeah. we're gonna have next. So week's it's episode. like to yeah, we'll have to figure out some sort of. So two weeks from now, there's likely to be a pre-recorded episode or some evergreen content of some yes. sort. Um, maybe we'll have our seven-hour Israel discussion then. Uh, <laughs> Let's not. But Let's uh, not. I, I already imagine that there's a lot of people angry at me at this moment. Probably. And I didn't even say anything that bad. I wonder it let's I wonder what the it's po- probably we, because I wasn't strong enough in my conviction. If that, we polled <laughs> people who are more angry at me or you based on our <laughs> positions, I would gather that it's probably more people are like that was some lukewarm bullshit. Corey. I don't know. I don't know. You don't have a lot of support, but the sur- support you have is fervent. Very much so. <laughs> I don't have a lot of support and nobody cares greatly about it. I mean, judging by the polls right. that I put on it's my all right. Instagram. Here, here I am. I'll stay by myself in the Perhaps we shouldn't kill each other camp. That's just, maybe I'm a radical. Yeah, take that stand. All right, so uh, quickly, COVID update for the week. Uh, Guys, I don't know if you're excited, but I am excited. We have hit 50% of people in the United States have gotten at least one shot. Okay, so um, kind of, we're going to round up to 50% of people in the United States have gotten one shot. 40, okay, we're going to round up to 40% that have gotten both shots or or all the shots that they need. So Mm. isn't that exciting, Corey? Yes, 50% if we round up a lot of percents, uh, if we use like elementary rounding, which is five and up versus four and down. Yeah, um, I mean, it's better than 0% vaccinated. And if you remember, Corey was very excited four weeks ago when we hit 40% fully vaccinated and 30%, uh, and it only took us two months to get to that point. So, I mean, right now it's clear that uh, the vaccinations have been slowing. Because the people who really wanted to get the shot have, for the most part, gotten the shot. Displayed by uh, the graph right next to Corey right now. Yeah. This 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 starkly going up and then plateauing graph. That looks almost like COVID cases from last year. <laughs> I mean, actually, it's not it's not too far off. Um it's a uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this to people. It, 
there is no no reasonable reason why everyone shouldn't be getting the vaccine. Uh, I understand hypothetically how we some people are nervous about the the science of it and they think that it was rushed out and i'd rather other people get it first and make sure that they don't grow fins and stuff like that but uh we're we're about as good as we can get from a uh a good news standpoint on the on the vaccine at this point you got any fins or gills or anything Mm-mm. and you're what like uh, a month out from yeah shot two right so yeah. yeah you know close enough i mean you know and rachel even had it a like a before month and that. a half before me, and she yeah. ain't got nothing. Well, nothing she didn't have before. She's from Dundalk, so some of those mutations were. I mean, the web toes happen. were there before. I yeah, there's nothing you could do about that. So that's, you can, so you can swim plant, it, not Moderna. So you can swim in back river, back neck road, or whatever. <laughs> I really hope she's watching. <laughs> this will never get to her. It's okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Four people listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is not your girlfriend. <laughs> so there you go. That's the level of support. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, really, I remember a year ago at this point, uh, everyone's locked down. We're all not liking it. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, talking to my family and stuff like that back home. And I said, I have faith in, in scientists and the health community and uh, the pharmaceutical community to figure out a way to get us out of this. And I think that uh, with a little bit of luck and with the right kind of determination, we can come up with a solution that will help rid us of the serious side effects of COVID and with enough participation can rid us of COVID in totality. Uh, and everyone, when I would say that would be like, Oh man, that'll be so sweet if we get to that day. And now a year later we're at that day. And those same people, not my family, the other people I will talk to will just be like, Well, I don't know. I mean, like, do you really trust it? I'm just like, Yes, just fucking take the shot. I don't want to. Here's the uh, to me, the the thing that worries me, the the mask mandates uh have been rolled back in a lot of places. California being one of the few places where the mask mandate continues. Um New York, I think, is another one. Although I think theirs is ending next week, if I heard so correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I personally, if I was an unvaccinated person and I was living in a place that had opened itself up a lot more, I would be doing what I can to get the vaccine. And then if I hadn't already at this point and then uh, shutting it down for a while, the best I could until I get to the to the end of my uh, recovery from the shot and, you know, the two weeks out and everything like that. And then perhaps go up, go back to living my life as I did prior to COVID. But I, it, it just, the amount of people who are, uh, I, I worried a lot about people who would uh, hear various things about uh, mass, especially outdoors, and then turned it into, angry violent confrontations with people who have nothing to do with it and then we see videos like ricky schroeder yelling at a Costco. I was gonna say child child tv stars yeah doing like, that thing yeah like the guy who didn't make the mask mandate didn't come up with the policy for costco does, isn't even the manager of the store just that decides whether <laughs> like he's just literally there he just works there 
like the you know the person who works at dunkin donuts and asks you to put on a mask is not the person who decided it he, she's just like, everybody like it's the we need to we need to just fucking like when we are on the other side of this whole thing when when covid is no longer a thought that that is high on our minds i'm st- i'm still going to have a hard time getting over the people who just did not give a fuck whatsoever about anybody else other than themselves or th- what they wanted to do or their own self-interest. Oh, I mean, once because, I don't I mean, have to worry about dying, was... I'm going to start my plans on, you know, <laughs> making a virus that will kill off all the dumb people. So it, it's it's just I understand mRNA a lot now. That's I, dangerous for all of you. I would need to I, I, I would really hope that just people who are listening to me who are hesitant about getting the vaccine know that it is it's going about as well as as a vaccine rollout can go the the side effects have been very minimal very i mean like you know a light sickness maybe for some people for a couple days there was a story about a guy who shit his pants at work which i thought was very funny (laughs) uh but i also it's endearing because who hasn't been there i mean uh, (laughs) uh also, though, I feel like I know that guy because he's probably the guy at his computer like, it's going to be a situation in like five minutes. Ooh! And that was, <laughs> nope, just happened right now. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, it is such a, it is such a weird place we find ourselves in, in the middle of the pandemic. I never thought I would say those words like, here we are living through the pandemic. When I was a child, I never thought like, oh, one day I'll live through a pandemic. Like, you know, like. I wrote a paper on it in third grade, so I mean, I, there are there have been people who have been thinking about it. Thank God, because we needed some people who were thinking about it. But uh, clearly, I'm using that training, knowledge, and experience in my everyday life. Yeah, just so. like the uh, paper I wrote in first grade about how the Iraq conflict could lead to World War Three. <laughs> just getting Takashi them bills. Let's uh, secure the bag for <sighs> Takashi. Um, I've wasted my life. <laughs> So far, <laughs> all the uh, time. The uh, I I would say that uh, the good news is that uh, a lot of the relaxation of the mask mandates has to go with the uh, data. Rob is going to argue with me now. The data that has been gathered by the CDC and others to make the determination that uh, exterior transmission, outside transmission, is far less than uh or is uh, far less dangerous than indoor transmission uh things that i think most reasonable people would have understood a long time ago uh i, I don't disagree with that i uh, just think also that uh the cdc saw y'all putting gasoline in walmart bags after they spent 18 months trying to keep us safe and they said fuck it Nobody cares anyway. Let's take it. Eh, like <laughs> the vaccinated people have it. Let's just. I, I'm gonna guess everybody putting gasoline in, in Walmart bags uh, isn't vaccinated. Everybody else is probably vaccinated. We're probably. I mean, dead, so there's a there there is a there is a real chance that even as a vaccinated person, you can get it. Uh, Bill Maher got it. Yeah. Uh, uh, several members of New York Yankees are out because they got COVID. Uh, absolutely none of them all asymptomatic uh, were not showing any kind yep. of symptoms or any kind of health problems uh, all of them were caught because major league baseball and hbo required that everyone take regular covid tests even after yep. vaccination and they found it and uh 
You know who doesn't require regular testing after vaccination? Regular everyday people. Which is why I think that the data is bullshit. But that's me arguing with Corey about the data. It's just like, uh, how many times have you, been, have you been tested since you got vaccinated? Since I got vaccinated? Mm-hmm. Uh, none yet. What? You had one work. You had the one job that you had to get tested for. Oh, well, I guess. I mean, I that was kind no, of. No, I got two there. Yeah. I got two right away there. But for the one job, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I hypothetically, if I had a job, you know, on Friday, I would get a test tomorrow just to yeah. make sure everything's OK. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't go on set without getting a test. I mean, I'm getting tested uh, until, twice a week, so and I'll continue to get tested twice a week. But I'm in the Bill Maher territory of there are people shooting basically like three times a week at my work. So um, they'll catch it. Just hey, I'm asymptomatic. I have no idea, but uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, I again, I just feel bad for well-meaning people who are who are worried about what the vaccine could potentially mean in the future. Who are avoiding getting the shot and then are putting themselves in the jackpot to get the coronavirus. Yeah. Like, if you think it's all fake and you don't want to get the vaccine because this is all, you know, a, you know, the U.S. created in a lab with China and whatever, whatever conspiracy theory is floating around this week, whatever Dan Bongino was talking about, a man who can. Really get engagement on Facebook, but can't win an election. <laughs> For the life of him, cannot win an election. Because literally, I, I, I think the Baltimore Sun headline was Dan Bongino curb stomped an election <laughs> that he runs. Uh, but by the way, uh, one of the one of the uh, stories is that uh, the COVID vaccine could cause sterility. And yeah. there was a movie with Clive Owen a few years ago where like human beings couldn't um, procreate anymore. Uh, listen, I don't plan on procreating so or anymore if that has happened <laughs> <laughs> question mark um but also um let's just say that it led to some health crisis 20 years in the future what you're telling me is all the people on facebook now who are not getting the vaccine are going to be the ones to survive that crisis and you're telling me that i should also want to survive the crisis so that i am left in a world full of those people listen kill myself with a vaccine or kill myself with a rope then one way or another my life's ending so i might as well just avoid covid at this point you know what i mean like yeah. i don't want to be stuck in a world full of red pillars um <laughs> yeah no I, i'm i'm okay uh I also that's mostly bullshit and people are crazy although i will say uh the one story from snl this week like uh <laughs> IBM announces the world's smallest and most powerful microchip. Like, not now. <laughs> Come on. Because <laughs> I just know all of the QAnon boards like lit up. Like, see, they're putting it right in our faces. What worries me more than anything is somebody like at like Google I.O. decides to make a joke tomorrow. Don't. Please don't. And they're just like, we've been doing really well with the vaccine. I mean, the rollout of Android 12. And then like all of a sudden that goes around like. All over Facebook, and it's just like, see, see. Yeah, I, I just want to say to Fucking Google, Silicon Valley. <laughs> Now's not the time to joke. To Apple <laughs> in a few months, to uh, Windows at some point this summer, we're not at joking time yet. Uh, you know, it's like um, there will there will be a time when, when there's zero cases in the United States. Maybe that's when we can make jokes. Maybe <laughs> I, I would say that uh, I was told this week that uh, a 9/11 joke was still in bad taste. <laughs> it's been. 
20 years. I, I guess it depends on the joke. Don't repeat it, though. I just, <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> but uh, I was told a 9-11 joke was not in good taste. Uh, I feel like this is also something that we should not joke about. Uh, I mean, I guess it depends on what we're counting as a 9-11. I, I literally did as Dick Cheney a live question mark here on the podcast, so... Yeah, I feel like that's more of a uh, the Emperor Palpatine. You know, that is a dead or alive joke, less uh, a 9-11 joke. Yeah. Mine was about Bush and 9-11, which I thought was even funny on 9-12, but... Yeah, I can see how it didn't didn't land. Didn't land. No, uh, they didn't find it funny. Um, but before we go, I do. Uh, there's one other story. Hang on, let me uh, go back to that image, just because uh, I want to say that... There have been influential people who have listened to the podcast before, clearly. Uh, people in Florida, people in Texas, all around the country. Trump administration, for the most part, seemed to not be listeners. I don't have any idea why that might have been. But clearly, somebody in the Biden administration is listening to the podcast because they heard me chastise them about not sharing the vaccine that we're not even using. Oh, that's why they did it. With anyone in the world. And they <laughs> Thank were Thank like, you, Rob. You know what? This guy... Um, Gifted and talented. They, they looked up my resume. Gifted and talented programs early on. Genius IQ. Got nothing going on in his life. <laughs> Clearly, the talent has been wasted, but that doesn't mean he's not right. Um, also about Israel and Palestine. They're, just, just they're right. I was going to say, they're literally writing up the job offer, and then all of a sudden it's just like, so here's my opinions on Palestine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should give Hamas nukes. Yeah. A what? <laughs> uh, Maybe anyways. that's enough internet for today. First of all, this podcast, the last six years of it, is why I'm not getting a job offer from a lot of people. Uh, I've basically, I've basically written off the, the uh, thing that I'll ever get confirmed by the Senate at any point in my life. I, listen, I could run for president. I'm not sure the Senate would confirm the vote. Uh, I'll, you sit know. Down, I'll sit down at the table and they'll just be like, on episode number 40, uh, you know what? I'll just see myself Withdrawn. out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be HUD secretary that bad. I'll be <laughs> not going to not going to be good. not going to be good. Uh, but yeah, so uh, somebody's listening to the podcast. So clearly um, the U.S. has decided we're going to share the AstraZeneca vaccine. And uh, here's the long con that uh, Trudeau, is it still Trudeau? I yeah. think in Canada is playing. He said, we need the AstraZeneca vaccine. But Canada is doing just as well as we are with vaccines. But what they are also doing is sharing vaccines with countries. Are who- they? I thought they, were, I thought they were way behind us right now. I mean, Ontario is like a fucking war zone. Well, they've done this thing where they have uh, tried to, sh- to inoculate people at risk at the same rate. So like... If it was found that white people were going up to the First Nations area, then they would not allow those people to get vaccinated. Um, so uh, they're at like 27 percent or something mm. like that of the national population. No. Mm. What's their rate? Four point six percent of the per capita. Yeah. Percentage of population fully vaccinated. Oh, wow. Well, uh, nonetheless, uh, maybe then. It's no, not I, the though the, the numbers have. uh spiked up a lot here i guess in the last week or so because it's 18.4 million doses given to 1.41 fully vaccinated oh all right so i mean as opposed to the u.s 274 million people by the way we have a lot more people yeah (laughs) we have way more 274 million doses given and 123 million fully vaccinated so that's a 37.6 percent rate if manny machado went to any point on the canadian border and threw a baseball most of the people of Canada live within 
where that baseball would fall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there ain't people up north. It's a lot of land, but not I think Calgary and Winnipeg's a little far from the border. But I get where you're. <laughs> ain't a lot of people live there either. It's like a cowboy town, right? Like it's wait, that's Saskatchewan. My favorite, my favorite airport ever was uh, uh, the Saskatoon International Airport. Uh, in Saskatchewan, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Didn't I say that? Yeah. Saskatchewan. Yes. Because wow. uh, it was literally just like a big room. It was. <laughs> it's like it used to be the conference room of a of a Ramada, and they just tore everything else down. Build runway, and now they have like two runways that go in. But because <laughs> the planes go from there to Alaska, it's an international airport. I don't right. know if you know how that works. Yep, crossing like, lines. <laughs> that's all that matters. What was that Maryland airport that like tried to like fly to Canada once and? <laughs> It's like the friendly international airport. Or yes. Uh, it's in Bowie. Is it in Bowie? Something like that. Yes. But because they do fly to Canada. <laughs> back off, Bowie. <laughs> By the way, uh, somebody said that was, is it Bowie? No, it's Bowie. It's Bowie. Yeah. Because I've said Bowie and people were like, nah, I don't know about that. I'm like, yeah, it's Bowie. It's one of the, it's one of those things that because like everyone associates it with that spelling yes. being Bowie, like Bowie knife or David Bowie. Yes. Like they think that it's Bowie, but the way it's pronounced is Bowie. Yes. It's uh, Bowie like the thing that floats in the I was, ocean. Not I always like hated too whenever I showed people like because uh, like people in Maryland couldn't say Maryland towns. Yeah. So they'd always get Bowie wrong. They'd always get Towson wrong. Towson. Hofstra would play Towson yep. and college football and stuff like that. Uh meaning of the powerhouses. <laughs> of the <laughs> D four <laughs> NCAA champions. Yes, I think we're in the E level. Yeah, <laughs> the the elevation five level, the colonial league. <laughs> uh, but like, I would hear uh, New Yorkers be like Townsend, and I'm like, oh no, sorry, no N, no yeah. N. It's a weird one, Towson. Yeah, uh, and they'd see Bowie, and they'd do the same, like Bowie. So, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marylanders also can't pronounce it, so I, I don't know what to tell them about that. Uh, Salisbury. Not yeah. Salisbury, Salisbury. Um, yeah, no. Every every place has something like that, though. Everybody like just, can pronounce Ocean City, especially the people on the west coast or the western shore who like to come and clog the roads. For the first year we lived here, it was really fun to watch Rachel try and say La Cienega. <laughs> when you say the first few years, you mean it is still funny to hear <laughs> because what she'll do is she'll be like, "Oh, La Cienega." Like I gotta think about it. I'm gonna think about it because you're not gonna make a fool out of me. Uh, I live on Kwanga. Kwanga. Time, time, time to show you my trick. Yeah, La Cienega. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but hey, just ask her rapid fire. She can't get it. But uh, fuck. What was I going with that? Oh, um. So Canada's not doing well with the vaccinations. Apparently not. Um, worse than I thought. But they uh also are not giving out the AstraZeneca uh vaccine because of concerns with things that probably shouldn't be that big of a concern when you only have 8% of your population vaccinated. Um, Three. What they, what's that? Three. 3% fully vaccinated. <laughs> but what they are doing is they will ship vaccines that they're not using to other countries. And so they are, uh, my guess is they are accepting AstraZeneca from the U.S. because the U.S. will not ship to brown countries, only to white countries. And then they're just going to turn in, um, what did you call it? First, na- <laughs> first Nations give. Yeah, first na- be First Nations givers, uh, which is the political correct way of also not being politically correct. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. I didn't say nothing. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I think dig- I actually. You're that. digging your own grave there. Um, <laughs> but uh, they're going to take the AstraZeneca vaccine and then immediately ship it to a country which, uh, like India, which would say, we don't care. <laughs> give us a vaccine. Literally any vaccine will do. 
Now, ironically, I think India might be doing better than Canada, so maybe Canada should be using that vaccine themselves. Uh, per capita, I don't know, because India's got so many people. Um, it may not be. Uh, let's uh, see here. Searching, searching, searching. Oh, they are below. Three, wait. <laughs> no. Four point, wait a minute. Why is this number different? Oh, worldwide. Uh, 3%. 3% of... 1.3 billion people as yeah. opposed to 3% of 15 million people. Yeah. I mean, India has uh, given about two thirds the amount of vaccines that America has. Yes. And has uh, 34% less vaccinated. Yes. And uh, <laughs> 34% Canada, of the population less vaccinated. Canada has given about, given about two thirds of the vaccines that California has and has about the same population. I mean, we are really doing well. I mean, yeah. the U- UK is at 30%, which is, I, I thought it was going to be higher the way I've heard people talking about people getting vaccinated out there. Like it seemed like, I mean, it's not a big country too. Though. Yeah. I, I mean, also I, 20 million fully vaccinated on 56 million doses given. I am, have been vocal on this podcast to not be a fan of capitalism. However, uh, when you have a CVS and uh, Walgreens on every other corner in every town in America, yeah, it makes it a lot easier than like everybody having to go to the national. Health Do you ever service. see the video about that? No. Oh, I'm gonna have to show you something really cool after this. Okay. Uh, but we gotta go because it's we've been, been 90 minutes. We've been running too late. Yes. And uh, when you run too late, you uh, find yourself uh, over at OhTheAnthem.com. Go to OhTheAnthem.com. With the Anthem with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. Uh, hey, remember me last week making promises <laughs> and not living up to them? Uh, it'll be rectified this week. Which is the same thing that a liar says every time they say. I say that feels like it. the same thing, Corey. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, but there will be a video that will follow it shortly thereafter that explains uh, how uh, my ADHD riddled brain keeps me from being able to get things done and mm-hmm. uh, how I try and get past it and how uh, despite not being a benefit in any other workplace in the history of the world, somehow it is a benefit in film and therefore... Uh, is it though? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. As you make excuses on not posting videos week after week? Well, that's my personal thing. That's oh, not okay. somebody else's. That's not... I, I the reason why I do that is because I get lost up in the research for the project that I'm already finished writing. That's the <laughs> I'm so good at the work that I'm too thorough. That's the problem. Anyway, if you want to find more of me, Facebook.com forward slash uh, Corey Baker film at Legends B5, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And uh, you can find me on social media at Robert and Cheek. As you know, I make no promises about any content <laughs> because um Fuck you guys. I made a lot of content. Nobody watched it. So uh, I got stuff. I'll edit it eventually. Also, uh, I work like 65, 70 hour weeks. Um, So I usually don't feel like doing anything except for playing Call of Duty at the end of the day. Uh, But you can find me on there. uh, Anku Karyus. It's uh, A-N-K-O-U-K-E-R-Y-S. Three different words. Uh, if you want to find me on Activision and uh, I play Black Ops Cold War and Modern Warfare 2019. So come find me and let's play zombies. Since a uh, friend of the show, Roberto, who, by the way, you might have heard us mention, would be back this week to do producing duties. Roberto. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. Should um, I flip a camera? <laughs> uh, not back yet. Uh, and um, do you want to take odds that he's going to be back for next week's episode? I would think so. You have more faith in humanity than I do. <laughs> That's understandable. Uh, also, producer Brooks not with us, which is somewhat sad, but also, yeah. you know. But don't have to worry about him getting into anything. Yes, uh, the warden finally allowed him to get some uh, <laughs> some R and R time. <laughs> so took him out of the hole from one cell to another. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, we'll see if they come back. I guess next week. All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. Wait, oh. <laughs> see, I can't do two things at once. This is why we need a producer. <laughs> I wonder if he could produce from Mexico. Um, we've done something. I don't know if it's good. That's I my line. Certainly, no, it's not. Good. Line. <laughs> Wait. First of all, I think we did very good. I made a very vocal argument, uh, and someday I made pe- uh, people's exhibit number two thirty-seven. So, I mean, someday when I'm thinking back on this, being judged by a jury of my peers, I will have to come to recompense and uh, still have no regret. Regret at all. <laughs> Here I am trying to be Tom Hayden, and there you are trying to be uh, the Joker. Joker, <laughs> basically. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Where do we live? So, uh, uh, what was my? I line? think we've done good here today. We've done something. But as always, you're listening to the <laughs> Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem Digital Network. For Corey, this is Rob. Uh, have a great week, everybody. So are we canceled now, or? I mean, a, you're canceled. Is this that, what canceled feels like? That lukewarm position on Israel and Palestine is going to get you canceled. Or me too one or the other. Or both. Or both. <laughs>